Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the microphone with thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. Hello, and welcome to Cornet Global's podcast, What's Next? My name is Sonali Tare, Vice President of Strategic Content with Cornet Global. Today, we have with us David Kamen and Trex Morris of EY, two esteemed leaders who are going to share with us the story of their very exciting project in New York, One Manhattan West. The project started a few years ago, before COVID, as a quest to find their new US headquarters. The initiative went through the COVID pandemic, and now EY is working on occupancy in the post-COVID world. David and Trex, if you'd like to say a few words about yourself, David, perhaps you could go first. Hi, Sonali. I'm David Kamen. I'm the America's real estate lead for EY, and I'm based in Chicago. My name is Trex Morris. I'm the global real estate leader of EY. I'm based in Atlanta, but pre-COVID, I spent a lot of time on a plane, as you might expect, Sonali. Thank you both. Moving on to our questions. Our first question is, can you tell us about the project and what One Manhattan West, or 1MW, means for EY? Sure, Sonali. The One Manhattan West project, which is actually located adjacent to Hudson Yards, is actually one part of a multi-year overall New York City plan that we created. We were in our old headquarters for approximately 20 years, which when we built it, it was really created around the way our people were working at that time. Since then, we're now at approximately 10,000 people in New York. But when we moved, we were actually able to reduce our overall square footage significantly, primarily because of our flexible workplace model and design. Now our people work differently, and we wanted to make sure we could accommodate them and support their new ways of working with our variety of workplace options, with an even greater focus on our commitment to wellness, ESG, and DEI. Thank you, David. Our next question is, what other projects of significance is your team working on? And what makes them each unique in what they represent? Sonali, when I think back on on the questions you posed, I really think back to provide some framework that I might be able to answer the question. The framework is around EY's portfolio. We occupy about 26 million square feet around the globe, and we're in approximately 700 locations spread across 150 countries. Our environment is there to create and attract and recruit talent. Again, EY likes to think we'd like to think we're bringing in the best and the brightest to help work with our clients. So it's got to be that environment that is supporting their work and their efforts around the globe. We implemented a program called EY at Work quite a few years back, but it's continued to evolve over the years. And we're in our next and beyond evolution at this point in time. And and that piece really is supporting our people as we think of what the pre-COVID and the post-COVID world is going to look like. We think the purpose of the office will continue to evolve. The importance of the office, though, we think just gets magnified. So when I think about what we're learning from 1MW, this is continuing off for many, many projects around the globe over many, many years where we've been iterative around our process and continue to take the findings from all these locations around the globe. So 1MW is a huge success for EY. Let's be clear about that. But we will continue to take what we've learned from 1MW and be able to take that to other locations. Two of our bigger projects right now on the horizon, uh, we've got a significant project uh, underway in Paris, much like New York. That commitment was made several years before we're going to occupy it. 
the Paris commitment was made a year or so back, and we won't occupy the new space until 2025. So we're actually creating a space, leveraging the learnings from 1MW and lots of our locations in the past and implementing that in 2025. We also have a big project going on in Bangalore in excess of 3 million square feet that won't be delivered until literally 2026. And so again, we will have several projects in the meantime that will be delivered that will continue to be lessons learned for us, what's been good, what's been bad, what we've been able to, to fine tune. Projects in the U.S. right now that we're working on include Dallas and Chicago, where we'll be piloting some new concepts, again, that will take our learnings from 1MW hopefully to a new level. That's absolutely fascinating. Thank you, Trex. I think that paints a, a great picture about um, sort of the background of the project and you know where, where you were hoping to go with it. So moving on to our next question, you mentioned that 1MW was essentially built with remote construction oversight during COVID, right after a citywide construction stoppage. This sounds like it was quite the challenge. Could you tell us a little bit more about this process and what you learned from it? Yeah, sure, Sonali. It was quite a, uh, a surprise and quite a process as we went through this. We were all ready to begin construction, and within days of our starting, the city of New York essentially shut down all construction projects, which really delayed the start of our project for about six months. When the ban was lifted, COVID was still rampant in the city, as were all the heightened restrictions for all working people. So. We went ahead and, and began when everything was cleared, but we also did something that we've not done before, and that was we installed cameras to capture time-lapse photography, as well as video in the space, so we could see in real time what was going on, as well as look at the time-lapse photography. We also had a lot of virtual walkthroughs, pretty much almost daily, to check on the construction progress and work that was going on. We were still able to evaluate in process construction and any issues as they arose, as we were still connected mostly through technology. All of this was in addition to the teams and the Zoom meetings and just the standard walkthroughs with the general contractors and subs that we did all the time. Eventually we were back in the building, meeting in the space pretty frequently, and it really didn't delay the project in terms of construction, but it also validated the importance of having such a strong team and recognizing that this group was really only as strong as the least capable sub that we had. But in the end, there wasn't any delay and we were able to occupy the space even earlier than we planned. That's great. It sounds like the team pivoted very quickly, very efficiently and successfully by the sounds of it. So going back to the workplace at 1MW, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Is this a typical EY design or were there new concepts to try and how did these play out? Yeah, we really wanted to design the new workplace flexible enough to adapt to, new, to the new work styles, but also aligned with our firm's future vision of work, as Trex talked about earlier. We had an executive steering committee, and that was made up of local leaders as well as national leaders. They decided not to change any of the workplace plan that we had designed and approved prior to COVID. And really the main reason for that was that we built a space to accommodate a variety of working options, rooms, and individual work points with enough flexibility to move around while still being connected by new technology. And the decision that we made was we just did not want to change all of this for what we thought at the time was a temporary adjustment, really in a long-term occupancy strategy. So we decided to hold off on building out several floors that really 
allowed us to wait and see how our people were going to work when they came back from COVID. And then also gave us the ability and the flexibility to adjust any new floor plans and workplace designs to accommodate any post-COVID changes. Thank you, David. Um, our next question is, what did the team take from the one MW design that can be implemented in other locations? Could you elaborate a little bit more on that? I believe that's mine, Sonali. I guess a couple things that, that uh, we took from that. Again, I talked earlier about our EY work program and this being an iterative process where we're learning from each project around the globe. As David mentioned, we had a very unique circumstance going on with the 1MW project through the COVID pandemic and having to react to that. But that wasn't the only project we had around the globe uh, going on at that same point in time. So what I'd like to think we did is very much a collaborative nature, David and his peers connected and they really started manage these things on a much different level. And when I say a different level, it became imperative, as David mentioned, to really have great teams in place, whether that's a contractor, whether that's a project manager, whether that's the architect, all the sub that went into play and great landlords that you had an opportunity to work with. That was fundamental, that was paramount. What was also important is it, it really gave our people the chance to really start to trust some of these same providers and give them more of a leash to prove themselves. The cameras was one thing that we could put up that would help us keep an eye on the project, but not of all of our locations had the size and scale to do that. So again, I think it was building this trust-based team, this trust-based environment, still needing people to be on site, but our people clearly were not traveling during that time frame. And as a result of that, they really started leveraging, again, the, the great talent they had around them. And I'll tell you, most all of the projects finished splendidly ahead of budget, ahead of schedule, and have all been pretty good stories that we continue to tell. I think it's great that, you know, the team at large was able to leverage the external team, the service providers, and, you know, find some or many positives in what has been a grim situation for many. So our last question is, what has this project taught you? And what are some lasting impressions that it might have made? I'll take this one. I think because we were in our previous headquarters for almost 20 years, we really spent a lot of time listening to our employees on what they believe they needed going forward to work productively. We held a lot of visioning sessions, a lot of focus groups. And again, as I mentioned before, with over 10,000 employees in that space, we had a wide array of different prototype, different people. While we asked really what they needed to be successful in a new work environment, we also as a team focused on the adage from Henry Ford when he said, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. And we kind of use that as a, um, an, an analogy to really push our people a bit and really push the new workplace strategy and planning to provide something that our employees didn't even think of at that time and provided them the change management strategy and transparency around that to show them how a new wor workplace would not only support them, but also be a great differentiator and an example for retention and attraction of new talent. We also really wanted to leverage the area, not just inside our new office building, but outside of our office space. The plaza and the environment, the amenities 
that our new headquarter building offers us to really create the new workplace experience outside as well as inside our offices. And David, if I can just add to that, the thing that, that resonates with me also, you touched upon the amenities, but the, the space is a lot more collaborative. There are a lot more uh, places for people to sit, a lot of different options for people to choose from. I also think what's special about 1MW is the technology that we've been able to embed within the, the space that really starts to enhance the employee experience, starts to give us a better peek at what people are using, how they're using it, and going forward, what lessons can we learn from all of this? So the technology, the collaboration space um, are two pieces that I think are, are just fundamental that we're taking away and, and using it at new locations uh, across the globe. Thank you, Trex. Thank you, David. Those were um, some very insightful and wise words. Um, that was my last question, but were there any final thoughts that either of you wanted to share before we wrap up? Okay, well, thank you very much. I think our listeners will appreciate your insights, your perspectives, and all of the experience that you've shared with them today. Uh, so thank you very much. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.